Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I hope you're having a great day. I want to go on, start this this hour with Sid because this topic has clearly fired everybody up and I got more to add to it. But first, I want Sid to add to it. Welcome to the show, Sid. How are you? Uh, Sid? Uh-oh. Sid's talking to somebody else. All right, Sid, we're going to put you back on hold You in the commercial break. <laughs> Sid's comment uh, was that uh, younger workers want freedom for themselves to work their own hours. They don't necessarily want to be in a workplace. You know, okay, so there's truth here. Um, a lot of younger workers want flexibility. There's a problem, however, in a lot of that flexibility, which is learning basic job skills. Um, and when you want those flexible hours, the gig economy and the like, you don't necessarily get all of the job skills. It's self-taught to a degree, and you may miss things. But employers are finding more and more uh, that they got to find some way to give him uh, flexibility to people. All right, Sid, Charlie says you're good to go now. All right. How are you? Welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So what's going on? Yeah, so, yeah, so what you were talking about earlier, I completely agree with you that um, COVID changed a lot of things. But just this morning on, on this station, they was talking about how they need jobs. Um, people are not are not um, coming out to look for jobs or not. I think that stationary jobs are gone. Because of Amer- America um, capital, people, um, excuse me, people came up with jobs like Uber. Nowadays, if you have a car, you have a job. And um, nobody want to go to retail jobs, fast food jobs. So I think the COVID has created something, but it's so did America. And um, I think you know, that's basically what I see. Look, I, I, I there, there's something to that. The gig economy, you, you work for the amount of money you want and you don't have to work for beyond that. What I find amazing is there is a mentality among some younger people these days that they want full fulfillment from their job. And if they can't get full fulfillment, they're going to work for the minimum amount of money they think they need to go get by and then they're going to do something else. Now, this relates to this story, Uh, Big Oil's talent crisis. This also in the Wall Street Journal. Jobs are plentiful and salaries are soaring in the oil industry. 
The downside is that young people aren't interested. Do you know that a bunch of Ukrainians have immigrated to the United States? There was a big story, I think, in the New York Times this weekend about in uh, North Dakota and Montana, and the oil-rich areas of North America, and in Texas as well, Ukrainians are moving over to take jobs and send money back home to support their families during the war. And they're allowed to do it because younger Americans don't want to work in the oil fields. At U.S. colleges, the pool of new interest for petroleum engineering programs has shrunk to its smallest size since before the fracking boom began more than a decade ago. European universities, which have historically provided many of the engineers for companies with operations across the Middle East and Asia, are seeing similar trends. Students and high-skilled young workers are concerned about the industry's role in climate change and job security as global economies transition away from fossil fuels. Government policy is helping kill these jobs in addition to kids who want to be fulfilled morally in their job as opposed to just having a job as a means to make money to go fund the things they care about. Uh, It's job skills. It's the morals in jobs. It's all of these things are having a real impact. Uh, And then a lot of young kids just aren't getting useful skills. So my kid's school, I, I really do like our kid's school a lot. One of the things that they do in the senior year is they teach the kids the Dave Ramsey program in order for them to learn financial management skills. It's part of the actual curriculum of the school is they teach kids the the basics for savings and balancing your budget and paychecks and uh, checking accounts and all that stuff. I got to open my kids a checking account. Um, this week. Um, You know, I mentioned a while back wanting a personal relationship with a banker, and I had a lot of people reach out. Well, Synovus, which is a regional bank in the south, in the southeast, they've they've opened a branch by my house. And the branch manager turned out to have been listening to my show that day and reached out and said, I'm literally across the street from your house and would be love to do this. And I'm I'm getting my, I don't, I don't, I've have moved my business account over there. I don't have a personal checking account with them, but they got kids programs. And my kid's school is like, you got to get your kids a checking account because we want to teach them how to balance their checking account, uh, teach them how to use a checking account, teach them how to build the budget around what's in their checking account and stuff like that, which I'm glad about. I, no one ever taught me that stuff in school. I had to learn it on my own. I had to learn how to balance a checkbook by myself. And it, it wasn't hard, but it wasn't a skill set that I thought I needed. Like, for example, How many kids these days don't learn cursive writing? And you may be in the camp that says kids don't need to learn cursive writing. Question, how are they going to read the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence if they don't know cursive? You're going to have them rely on someone else typing it out so they can't read it for themselves because they don't recognize cursive. You'd be stunned by the, you know, the Declaration and, and the Constitution were written in cursive. If you don't know cursive, you can't read them for yourself. You have to rely on someone else to tell you what's in them. Yeah, uh uh-huh. That's why my kids are learning cursive in school, just for these sorts of skills. It's just amazing, though, that, that what skills aren't learned. And then, like, I don't know how to use a cash register. I know how to use a calculator. I assume I could do it. But these are things that you do have to be taught when you get a job. The problem is more and more employers are raising red flags that kids aren't taught and can't figure out the basic analytical functioning of life. And what I mean by that is showing a kid how to use a cash register, they can't adapt their skill set to it. 
So if you show them, you press the one, and then you press the decimal, and then you press the double zero, and then you press the plus, and, and do all this sort of stuff, and it adds up over time, You they can't figure out then on their own the additional functions. You have to show them everything. That, In other words, I, I forget, there's this particular name for it, um, a creative analytics, I can't remember it, but essentially where you can learn the basics and then figure out stuff for yourself over time, kids are having a harder time. And I have a theory on this. I think it's Common Core. And, and you know, I don't like Common Core, but I'm not making this up. Um, the way my kids learned Common Core until they went to their current school that uses traditional math, you essentially you had to you had to fill up the whole page if you want to do a basic addition or even subtraction you learned to add you learned various ways to do things but it became very formulaic when you're presented with this problem here's what you do et cetera et cetera et cetera uh, with traditional math you kind of had to extrapolate so for example one plus one equals two. 1 plus 3 equals 4. What if you now have this problem? Instead of 1 plus 3 equaling 4, what if you have 1 plus 3 plus 1? What do you do? Now, you and I know this, and, and, and I'm dumbing this down a little bit, but it's 1 plus 3 is 4 plus 1 is 5. Well, when you learn basic math, you learn, obviously, if I'm given a plus and a number after a plus, that means I add that number in. So if it's 1 plus 3 plus 1, it means I've got to add the 3 to the 1, and then I've got to add the 1 to whatever those two numbers is. But in Common Core, it becomes so formulaic in how you learn stuff. If you haven't seen that, okay, oh, my gosh, I've got another plus 1. What do I do with this? How do, how do I figure this out? Uh, I haven't been given the formulaic process to be able to figure this out, so I can't adapt. Uh, that's the problem with Common Core. Now, I'm dumbing this down, and so that's not quite accurate, but I assume you get my point that when you add variables, you should be able to, based on your knowledge, be able to analyze and synthesize and put it together. But in Common Core, the way math is taught in schools now, it becomes harder. So when kids go out into the workforce, they can't extrapolate from their data set that they're given to figure out things for themselves. You have to give them every single thing. So, for example, here's the hamburger patty. Here's the bun. Here's the lettuce. Here's the onion. Here's the ketchup. Here's the mustard. What do you do with this? Well, normally kids says, well, I take the burger. I got to cook it. Then I got to put it on the bun. I got to add the ketchup and the mustard and the onion and the lettuce. And then I got to wrap it in the piece of paper at the end and pass it out. Nowadays, you got to show kids the whole process. Here's this raw patty. Here's the grill. This is how you cook it. This is now how you put it between the bun. This is how you add the sauce. They can't figure this stuff out for themselves. It's the craziest thing. And now I brag about my kids' school and all of that, but I see this even with my kids sometimes where I as a parent have done so much for them that they have a hard time figuring things out for themselves. My son this is now two years ago, so he would have been 12 at the time, was asking me if he needed to put something in the trash or if he needed to put it in the sink. And I just, I, I, I had to like, are you serious? And he's like, yes. I was like, think about this for a minute. It has milk in it. Where does the milk go? He's like, in the trash or in the sink? 
It's like, how can you, how, how, how do you, and maybe when we were all 12, our brains were, and I realize it's, you're a 12 year old boy. You're, you're hitting, you're headed into puberty. Your brains was like, ah, how do you, how do you not figure this stuff out? They eventually grow out of it. They eventually use deductive reasoning. But increasingly what employers are saying, and this is the, the, the pattern that, and the words that I forgot, increasingly employers are saying kids are coming out of high school and college and they lack deductive reasoning. They lack inductive reasoning for that matter, but they lack inductive or deductive reasoning. They cannot deduce what to do based on what came before. And employers are really struggling now. And uh, like like just life skills and stuff. How do you how do you teach your kids the basic life skills and then teach them to analyze and deduce what comes next without giving it to them? Employers are having a hard time when you get into these mindsets where where kids just can't figure it out. But then also employers are having a hard time with kids who want to come into the work and then decide that it's their work and they want to be fulfilled morally by their work and they want to argue with bosses about the way things are done. Uh, Kids don't know their place these days in, in some cases. I try to teach my kids all the time, you can succeed in life if you just show up early and stay late and ask questions when you don't know what to do. And don't argue with the person who's teaching you. Above all else, don't argue with the person who's teaching you. And it's just amazing that there are a lot of kids out there who don't seem to be able to figure that out. Just show up early, stay late, work hard, ask questions, and don't argue with your boss. The number one frustration of employers in America today is that kids who come into the workforce can't figure things out on their own. Do you know what the number two complaint of employers in America is? Is that the same kids who can't figure out what to do want to argue about everything. What have we done with our children? We're starting to have real-world economic impact because they don't know what the heck they're doing when they get to the workforce, and it's dragging down productivity across America. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones and each month they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com, enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. Oh, we got to get into Kamala Harris. We do, they're rebranding Kamala Harris, believe it or not. But before I do that, I want to go to Tammy. Welcome to the show, Tammy. How are you? I'm fine, Eric. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I'm a high school teacher who has taught life skills in the schools in um, like homeschool hybrids and private schools for about 14 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I started doing it because when I was handed the curriculum for economics, I thought it was really interesting that I had to teach the economics of the government, but the kids didn't understand personal economics. 
So I came up with a curriculum to help with that. But I can kind of tell through my conversations with so many of my teachers and counselors that I've spoken with that the cursive thing, people want to kind of throw that away. And yet it's the cursive thing that teaches our brain to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And every time you pick up the pen, it's another thought. And because we text all the time, and that's just one letter at a time, and because when we write just regular penmanship, it's one letter at a time, we're picking up that pen. And so we've lost that constant of being able to think through things. When I oh, teach my kids, I... Yeah. And so that conversation with these counselors and these teachers who had been teaching much longer than me made me start thinking through the process of when I'm working with kids and I work with kids that um, a lot of times in my classrooms, it's mainstream. So I have kids with Asperger's and um, very different, um, I call them uh, unique abilities. They Mm -hmm. actually function very well if you just help them figure out what their niche is. And we have taken away the possibilities of even finding your niche. So this year I do middle school through high school life skills as a club. And this year I focused on entrepreneurship. Basically Mm -hmm. these kids never experience anything. And, um, you know, they have a routine that they live and we're just talking any high schooler. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say 80% of my high no desire to work in the workforce. Oh, wow. They don't. Yeah. They, they don't know that without a dream, there's nothing to reach for. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not a huge proponent of college. I think it's way overpriced. I'm a big proponent of what I call a fifth year senior, meaning giving a kid a year, whether male or female or whatever, um, giving them a year, figure out what it's like to live in life before they have to choose what they're going to do for life. And um, I work with parents to do that. Yeah. So things like, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Like in Europe, they have have the idea of the gap year. Yeah. So it's the gap year, but I don't let them just have a gap year. They have to work 40 hours a week. And I tell them, pick two things you're interested in that maybe when you took your career test, because I give them a career test, pick two Mm -hmm. things you're interested in off that career test, two 20 hour a week jobs out for That's, at least three months the yep. one you like the most keep the other one find another direction i tell the parents you need to charge at least three hundred dollars a month for rent Oof. you know five hundred dollars if you're going to feed them okay. tammy yeah. I, look I, i'm afraid i gotta let you go there because i got to a commercial break okay. but that's that's useful information i appreciate it a ton and it's not a bad idea uh structuring it that way now, you know, speaking of all the economics out there, uh, Americans for Prosperity is doing their Bidenomics Roadshow. Well, I shouldn't call it a roadshow. It's a tour of America to educate Americans as to why Bidenomics is bad, regardless of your age, whether you're getting out of high school, trying to figure out what you're doing in life, or you're retiring. All of the inflationary impacts we've had from Bidenomics come from, well, the president's policies. AFP is educating people both about why it's bad and how we can fix it. And they want you to be a part of it, and they want you to be one of their conservative activists who fights for free markets and free people. What you do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K, and you can become a part of the movement uh, to fight against binomics, educate your neighbors, and even your legislators on why it's bad and how to fix it. Americans for Prosperity believes in free markets, free people, limited government. If that's what you're into, they want you part of their team. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. 
Go sign up today. Be part of a great movement. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations, and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. I got to play for you this clip. This is from Peter Baker at the New York Times. It's a pretty revealing clip about, well, the dynamics of this political race that we're headed into as more and more Democrats. And you should know this. This is not getting a lot of coverage out there, but there are actually a growing number of Democrats in America right now who are starting to say, ah, you know what? Uh, this this Jack Smith case of the D.C. Grand, uh, court system against Trump, it's no sure thing. And it's not. It really is not a sure thing. And now you've got the economic dynamics at stake. This is Peter Baker, the New York Times. Listen to this. Well, you're right. He's going to go to Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah to talk about the advantages of his program, particularly uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, his climate uh, spending. He wants to claim credit for an improving economy. We're seeing a real disconnect for him because a lot of indicators are actually much better today than they have been, right? Whether it be inflation, gas prices, immigration, crime, a lot of these indicators are, are off their peak or are much better in some ways than they had been uh, a few months or a year ago. But the one indicator that's not changed is his approval rating and, in fact, his, his competitive uh, you know status against Donald Trump if he's a Republican nominee. Our poll with Siena College last week found that the uh, president's still at that 39 percent approval rating. I think the average on 538 is around 41 percent. That's the lowest of any president at this stage going back through the history of polling except for Jimmy Carter. That didn't work out well for him. And our poll also showed him tied 43 to percent to 43 percent with Trump. Now, what they hope is that over time, the that will be a lagging indicator that as people become more confident about the economy and consumer confidence is up, as people feel the impact of his policies, they hope his numbers will begin to rise as well. Yes, except maybe not. Listen, this is a Democratic voter who was talking to Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends uh, that focus grouping different voters. And this guy was a Biden voter who's now not with him. You mentioned a moment ago you're thinking about uh, supporting RFK Jr. Do you think, I mean, he's a long shot. Do you really think there's a chance he could win the Democratic nomination? 
No, and that's why, following your first question, I thought it was going to be a Biden-Trump uh, match. I raised my hand because he, the Democratic Party right now is not giving him any traction. It's unfortunate. You know, uh, Joe Biden has not, in my opinion, has not been a good president for us. Look what's happening in the border, and especially, you know, in the war. I mean, 100, over $100 billion spent on the Ukraine war. You know, we, we could have solved the, the border issue, you know, with a, a third of that money. So, mm -hmm. I, I I have my concerns. I mean, uh, at the end, I think uh, the Democratic Party is going to coalesce around Joe Biden. But uh, I hope that, you know, we give uh, Robert Kennedy a good, a good look. Okay. I'm not with the campaign or anything like that, but uh, I just uh, I'm not supporting Joe Biden this time. So, you know what they're trying to do? The Democrats have a scheme. They're trying to make America fall in love with Kamala Harris all over again. And if you don't agree with them, you're a racist. They want you to know that. This is uh, Congressman Dean Phillips on television talking about Kamala Harris. Listen to this. I'm confused, Congressman. If there's a conversation that you say needs to occur within the Democratic Party about an alternative to the sitting president of the United States, why isn't the leading contender for that the sitting vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris? I think we have a, I think we live in an era of fear. What if I get out of line? What if I take on my party? I know she, the feeling this week. I think, not, is she not qualified? I think she's absolutely qualified. In fact, I think she's misportrayed. I think everybody in this country should take a little bit of time and sit with people, observe them, know them before you draw conclusions. I think she is more competent and able than many people give her credit for. The job of the vice president is not an easy one. Would she, in your mind, be the heir apparent if for some reason the president of the United States were not to seek the nomination in 2024? I'm glad you asked the question, and my answer is really simple competition as many people as humanly possible with the talent the time the energy the ethics to enter a primary should do it we have 12 republicans as options for republican primary voters right now we only have three in the democratic side i believe in competition we're the democratic party mm -hmm. democracy means the freedom to make choices and we don't have many of them the freedom to make choices we don't have many of them you know they're they're, they're doing their best listen to this the, they they went to a Beyonce concert. She and her husband and Vogue gave them a big, big spread they would never do for a Republican. And now the New York Times, Kamala Harris takes on a forceful new role in the 2024 campaign. The vice president is trying to reclaim the momentum that propelled her to Joe Biden's side as a candidate and into the White House. In recent weeks... Vice President Kamala Harris has dashed off to Florida on short notice. She sparred with the state's conservative governor, Ron DeSantis, over how to teach slavery in schools. And she flew into Iowa to defend abortion rights while 13 Republican presidential candidates were having dinner a few miles away. Although her words were directed at Republicans, her message was aimed at all her doubters. Once a rising star as a senator in California, Ms. Harris has for years been saddled by criticism of her performance as vice president. She has struggled with difficult assignments on issues such as the roots of illegal migration and the narrow path to enduring voting rights protections, concerns about her future spread as Democrats pondered whether she would be a political liability ticket. Ms. Harris's recent moves 
are her latest attempt to silence those concerns and reclaim the momentum that propelled her to Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s side as a candidate and into the White House in 2020. It's good to have her out there, said Cedric Richmond, a senior advisor for the Democratic National Committee, who added that the vice president's decision to take on the Republican Party assertively and in real time was central to the campaign's 2024 strategy. It also keeps President Biden above the fray. He is still uniting the West against Russian aggression, and he's tackling the economy and inflation, Mr. Richmond said. She can go highlight the accomplishments, and she can take on people like Ron DeSantis. Notice they did not say Trump or anyone else, they said DeSantis. Aides and advisors acknowledge Ms. Harris has been affected by years of criticism. She often approached events defensively, focusing on not making mistakes rather than looking for opportunities to attack. You got that? She just wanted to be perfect. It's all your fault. Uh, I don't have the audio of it, uh, but yesterday on, I think it was CNN, uh, some Democratic partisan essentially said, if you don't like Kamala Harris, it's because you're racist. That's what they're going to do. They're doubling down on this. You're racist. You're racist if you don't like the black woman who's vice president. As opposed to she's unlikable and says stupid things. Kamala Harris has been easy to mock and pretty. Remember, 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 Kamala Harris is the one who gave the same paper, the New York Times, a list of people who would say nice things about her. And many of them expressed reservations about Kamala Harris and were shocked that they would be listed as people who would say nice things about her. And they did want to go on record. They did want to go on record. They're trying to rebrand Kamala Harris, but there's something else here. I say this as somewhat of an expert in running political campaigns, and by that I mean I've run them in the past, and I know the data, and I know the social science behind it. Here's the deal. When you attack someone negatively, your negatives rise. Your goal is to have your negatives rise less than that person. Kamala Harris's negatives are already, I mean, they're sky high. She's rock bottom in popularity. So the Democrats have decided, well, she's already hated. Let's just put her the make her the attack dog. People already dislike her. So maybe she'll make the other person's negatives go up and their negatives will go up against Joe Biden, not her. The problem here, and this is a fundamental mistake that Democrats are making with Kamala Harris, the fundamental mistake is that people look at Joe Biden's age as a liability, and so they're looking at the vice president for him in ways they're not looking at anyone else as vice president. So if Ron DeSantis runs for president, the, the bottom line is that very few people will care about vice president. Very few vice presidents are transcendent people. Now, if it's like a Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott ticket, or if it's a Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis ticket, it'll matter a little bit, but it won't matter as much. Uh, Donald Trump picking Mike Pence mattered a lot because evangelicals were skeptical of Donald Trump, and so people embraced him. No one really cared at the time that Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris. It was kind of a uh, make good for black women because black women in South Carolina put him over, but it was really about Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. When you are over 80 years old and you're president of the United States, 
People want to look at the vice president and vet the vice president, and she's already deeply despised in this country, left, right, and center. People do not like Kamala Harris. So you put her out there as the attack dog. Her negatives go up, and the other guy's negatives go up, but her negatives are already so high, she's not going to be able to get the other guy's negatives up. What they're hoping from Democrats is, well, she will raise their negatives, and people will compare that person. Let's say it's Mike Pence. They'll compare Mike Pence's negatives to Joe Biden's negatives, not Mike Pence's negatives to Kamala Harris's negatives, except Joe Biden doesn't live in a vacuum. He himself branded this the Biden-Harris administration. No one else had done that. It was not the Obama-Biden administration. It was the Obama administration. This is the Biden-Harris administration because everyone expects Joe Biden to fall over dead at any moment. And so they're looking at the vice president. And when the vice president is that deeply, deeply disliked, well, that really does matter whether she likes it or not. And she continues to say all of this nonsense, all, all of these stupid statements that everyone can parody. I mean, we've done this. This is just listen to some of these that we've done. These are Kamala Harris in her own words going off script. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. With each day, renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively all of us in it together to do something about it. That was Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. But wait, there's more. There's this one too. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time. That was Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. She says these things. She treats them as some divinely inspired philosophy when it's just gobbledygook word salad from a not bright person who doesn't do the work. And if you say that now, you're supposedly a racist when really it's you're just pointing out this empress has no brains. And that's what matters. The Democrats, they got a real problem on their hands. They can't leave Kamala Harris behind. They can't replace her because of intersectional woke politics. And she is the most disliked politician on the national stage. She's more disliked than Trump. She's more disliked than Biden. She's more disliked than DeSantis. She's more disliked than Pelosi or Schumer or Mitch McConnell or anyone else. And she did it to herself. That's the problem. And then the masterpiece, the thing Charlie did, that's probably the best thing he's ever done for me. As long as he worked, this is just sums up the problem for Kamala Harris. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Ha, ha, ha.
That was Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Yes, my friends, the Kamala Harris awkward laugh. Every time anyone asks her anything, she gives the awkward laugh. Kamala Harris, what can you say to a child who's terminally ill and on the verge of death of cancer? <laughs> I mean, this is that's the problem. And that's not a coachable problem unless you put her in a shot collar. That would actually be great to see, but that's not going to happen. And so Kamala Harris, she's going to laugh her way out of the White House, or I'm sorry, cackle. She will cackle her way out of the White House. God help us. You know, I, I'm, I, I've am i kind of not talked a lot about Doug Burgum. He's the governor of North Dakota. He's running for president. He's a self-made billionaire. Uh, he may make it to the debate stage, possibly, given his uh, money that he raised. He was the guy who essentially, if you gave him at least a dollar, you'd get a $20 gift card uh, buying his way on stage. Uh, perfectly legal. But he was with George Stephanopoulos this weekend, who used to work for Bill Clinton. This is good. Yeah, well, there's a difference between is and ought. And what is right now is that Donald Trump is the front runner. He's been charged with three felony indictments, including for trying to overturn the election. Was Donald Trump wrong when he, pensed, when he pressured Mike Pence not to certify? Was Mike Pence right when he certified? George, again, I just have to say, you guys, you, I just listened to 15 minutes of legal debate on this thing, and and uh, and I'm sure you could run it again, seven by 24. Uh, but what I know is that I'm running against Joe Biden, and that's what we're going to be talking about. And of course, not a mention in the last 15 minutes of, of you know Hunter Biden or the laptop. Americans out there do concern. There are people on the ground that are not watching these Sunday programs that are saying, you know, why is the why is the DOJ defending Hunter Biden, and why are they attacking President Trump. It does seem political to people. And I think that the folks in Washington have to understand that, you know, if they're surprised why Trump's leading the polls, it is basically people pushing back and saying, hey, we don't trust the system. And that's a bigger problem for America. But I may, hold up, but, but, but Governor, I'm asking you what you think. Would, do you have an opinion on the fact that, that President Trump tried to overturn the election as alleged in the indictment this week by, by Special Prosecutor Smith? I'm not a lawyer. I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm and I am a someone who leads and operates businesses. It's something I care about the people of this country, and you're asking me, uh, you know, basically a legal question. We're focused on the future. There are just so many people that want to weigh in on this topic around the clock, and and you know who loves it when all we do is talk about this? Of course, President Biden does because then we don't have to talk about inflation or Afghanistan or the Russian invasion. The fact we're in a cold war with China, and and you also, and also loves it. China loves it. When America's divided like this and talking about the past, this is perfect. This is how democracies fall, is when citizens lose confidence in their institutions. You know, good for him pointing that out. They don't want to talk about Hunter Biden. In fact, they're highly dismissive of Hunter Biden in ways they never would be if it was a Republican. They simply want to dismiss it. They want to hand wave it away. And you know, and I know every honest Democrat listening knows if this were a Republican, this would be the number one story. Look at the just the stories of Jared Kushner and possible enrichment after he left the White House by trading his White House size. That was a huge story in the media. Everybody's ignoring Hunter Biden because it's precious Joe. That's exactly what's happening. It is a media double standard. Now, before I get out of here, this is the coolest news you're going to hear today. 
fusion power. So if if scientists can figure out how to get fusion energy, it would be remarkable. It would be extremely clean. They did a experiment about eight months ago that generated more power. It takes an enormous amount of power to generate a fusion reaction. And for the first time, eight months ago, they generated a fusion reaction that produced more energy than was required to create the reaction. Eight months later, they've done it a second time. This could be, it's still a long way away, a decade away or more, but this is an amazing scientific breakthrough breakthrough for the future. So stop freaking out about climate change. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.